0: Alhamdulillah. الحمد Alhamdulillah, لله. الحمد لله نحمده، نستعينه، man who is ونؤمن به، ونتوكل عليه، ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا. من يهده الله فلا man له، ومن يضلل فلا هادي له. ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له. ونشهد ان سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمدا عبده ورسوله صلى الله تعالى عليه وعلى اله وصحبه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا اما بعد فقد قال تعالى في القران المجيد والفرقان الحميد امن الرسول بما انزل اليه من والمؤمنون صدق الله صدق الله العظيم When we look at the Quran Majid, then we find that Surah Al-Baqarah is the second surah of the Quran Majid, and also the longest and lengthiest surah of the Quran Majid. Within Surah Al-Baqarah Allah Ta'ala explains
1: many different topics and many different details of deen. Allah Ta'ala explains the incident of Nabi Musa Alayhi Salam Incidents of Nabi Ibrahim Incident of Nabi Adam A.S. with Shaitan. And Allah Ta'ala also explains many important Masail of Deen. Masail of Talaq, divorce are discussed in the Surah. Masail of Khamar, of wine, of gambling, of riba. Many different details discussed in the Surah. But we find that though the entire surah is very, very special and important, Allah Ta'ala has given extra special importance, for fadilat and virtue to the last two verses of Surah Al-Baqarah. That is why we find mention in the hadith sharif, Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam mentioned, أُعْطِيتُ خَوَاتِيمَ سُورَةِ الْبَقَرَةِ مِنْ كَنْزٍ تَحْتَ الْعَرْشِ وَلَمْ يُعْطَهُنَّ نَبِيٌّ Rasulullah said, I was bestowed with the concluding verses of Surah Al-Baqarah from a treasure beneath the arsh of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And no Nabi who came in the world before me was given these verses. In fact, even the manner in which these verses were revealed was extra remarkable and special. Hazrat Ibn Abbas r.a.w. mentions, بينما جبريل عليه السلام قاعد عند النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم سمع نقيد عن فوقه. On one occasion, جبريل عليه السلام was seated with Rasulullah صلى الله عليه وسلم when they heard a very, very loud creaking sound emanate from the heavens. فرفع رأسه فقال جبريل عليه السلام gazes up into the heavens and then he tells Rasulullah صلى الله عليه وسلم, That sound, that creaking sound which we heard emanate from the heavens, was the sound of a door opening in the heavens. This is a door which has opened today, and prior to this day, never before in the history of this world has this door ever been opened. An angel then descends via that door. So Jibreel salam tells Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi هذا ملك نزل إلى This angel which is descending to the earth This is the very first time in the history of the world Where this angel is descending to the world In other words, the revelation of these verses Took place in a remarkable and very special manner Signifying the extra importance of these verses so this angel comes to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, greets him with salam and then says, أَبْشِرْ بِنُورَيْنْ أُوتِيتَهُمَا lam yu'tahuma nabiyun qablak And O oh Rasul of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, rejoice and accept glad tidings of two special types of nur which have been given to you. I will not bestow to anybody in the history of the world before you. What were these two types of nur given to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? The first was Fatiha Kitab, Suratul Al Fatiha. And the second was the concluding and final verses of Surah Al Baqarah, which commence Amal al Rasul until the end of the Surah. When we look at these two verses, we find that they have very, very great virtue. In one hadith, Rasulullah mentioned Man qara'a bil ayatain min akhiri Surah Al Baqarah fi laylatin kafatahu whichever person recites these two verses of the Quran i majid at night before retiring to bed these two verses will be enough for him and they will suffice him amana ar-rasulu bima unzila ilayhi min rabbih wal mu'minun kullun amana billahi wa mala'ikatihi wa kutubihi wa rusulihi until the end of the surah how long does it take to recite just one or two minutes not even a minute but Rasulullah said, You recite this before going to bed, it is enough for you. Now the question arises: It is enough in respect to what? In regard to which aspect are these verses regarded as being sufficient for a person? So, in this regard, the Muhaddithin have given different explanations. Some Muhaddithin have explained, Kafatahu min akhar. Such is the virtue of such is the virtue and the reward for reciting these two verses. That if a person does not recite any form, any other form of zikr before going to bed, this alone will be enough for him. Even if he does not recite any other dua or any other zikr, the reward of this is so great. Kafatahu, it is enough for him. Some muhaditheen have explained, Kafatahu min qiyamil layl. The reward of reciting these two verses before going to bed is so much it will suffice you from waking up for tahajjud Salah. Obviously, this does not mean a person must get lazy and don't wake up for tahajjud Salah. A person should strive to recite this and also wake up for tahajjud Salah. And the third explanation, muhaddithin have given is Kafatahu min kulli shab. That when a person recites these two verses before going to bed, Allah Ta'ala gives him such special protection from his side, such divine protection. That he is protected and safeguarded from every form and every type of evil. That is why, in another hadith, Rasulullah Wasallam mentioned, in regard to these same two verses, لا في دار ثلاث فيقربها شيطان. If these two verses are recited in any home for three nights consecutively, for three nights in a row, Shaitan and the evil jinn will not be able to come close to this home. Now, when we look at the abundant reward and the great virtue, and how much of benefit a person gets from reciting these two verses, which takes not even one minute, we will have to arrive at the conclusion that any intelligent person will ensure that he reads us before going to bed. That is why Hazrat Ali radiallahu an and Hazrat Umar radiallahu an as well, both of them said, "Ma kuntu ara ahdan yaql yanam hatta yqra." الْآيَاتِ min مِنْ al-Baqarah. He said, we cannot imagine and fathom that any person possesses intelligence. Yet he will go to bed without first reciting these two verses of Surah Al-Baqarah. And learning and reciting these two verses of Surah baqarah was the special encouragement and instruction of Rasulullah ﷺ as well. Rasulullah said, تَعَلَّمُواهُنَّ نِسَاءَكُمْ وَأَبَنَاءَكُمْ Make sure that you learn these verses and make sure that you teach it to your family, your wife and your children at home as well. Now over and above the virtues and the great reward and the benefits of reciting these verses, when we examine these verses, we find that there's very great lesson contained in these verses as well. Allah Ta'ala starts off saying, آمَنَ wal mu'minun. The Rasul of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam he has brought complete iman in what Allah Taala has revealed to him wal mu'minun and the believers that is the sahaba have also brought iman the mufassirin have explained in this there is a subtle indication Allah Taala did not say amana al rasulu wal mu'minun Allah Taala separated amana rasulu bima unzila ilayhi min then Allah Taala spoke about wal mu'minun why? Because Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam and the sahaba, they all brought iman in the same articles of faith. They all brought iman in Allah. Wa malaikatihi in the angels of Allah. Wa kutubihi in the divinely revealed kitabs and scriptures. Wa rusulihi, they all brought iman in the previous anbiya. But obviously the level of iman will never be the same. There is no person whose iman can be equal to the iman of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa when the iman of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam is in a level of its own, it had to be mentioned separately as well. Because it cannot be equated to, to any other person's iman. And then Allah Ta'ala tells us, La نُفَرِّقُ بَيْنَ أَحَدٍ مِنْ رسوله. One special quality of the ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam is that when it comes to the bringing iman in the previous anbiya, the ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam did not pick and choose. Rather we bring iman in all the ambiyah of Allah subhanahu wa taala. When we look at the Yahud, they brought iman in Nabi Musa sanam and they rejected Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. When we look at the Nasara, they brought iman in Nabi Isa salam and they rejected Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. But the special quality of our ummah is we bring iman in all the ambiyah of Allah subhanahu wa taala. But although we bring iman in all. We can only follow one, we can only follow Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Because it is only the shari'at of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam and the deen of Islam that can take a person to Jannat. That is why in the quran Majid Allah Ta'ala tells us, ومن ومن If any person desires to follow a deen besides the deen of Islam, it will never be accepted from him. And Rasulullah also mentioned in the Mubarak Hadith, Any person who hears about me, any person who knows there is a thing like the Deen of Islam, whether he is a Christian or he is a Jew, if he passes away in this condition that he not brought iman in Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, he will be condemned for eternity to the hellfire of Jahannam. So we bring iman in all the anbiya, but we can only follow Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. It is only the deen of Islam that will take a person to Jannat. And then Allah Ta'ala describes a special quality of the Sahaba radiallahu anhum. One special quality of the Sahaba, waqalu sami'na wa ata'na. Whenever any instruction came from Rasulullah, the immediate spontaneous response of the Sahaba, without one bit of reservation, without an atom of hesitation, with immediate sami'na wa ata'na, we have heard and we obey. In the quran Majid itself, Allah Ta'ala draws a comparison between the Iman and faithfulness of the Sahaba with the faithlessness of Banu Israel. When Nabi Musa a.s. told the Bani Israel, this is the command of Allah, we must go and fight in jihad, what was their response? Their response was, wa وعصينا وَعَصَيْنَا hear, but we don't want to listen. In fact, Nabi Musa Salam told them, Allah Ta'ala has told us we must go and make jihad. The Nabi of Allah is speaking to them. He's speaking to his own umat, But they told Nabi Musa "Izhab anta wa You and your Allah must go and fight. Inna ha huna We aren't moving from here, we're staying here. You finish fighting, you can come back. We find a comparison of that with the Sahaba radiallahu anhum. We find, when the Aus and the Khazraj of Medina Munawara, the Ansar, when they came to Makkah Mukarramah, and the occasion was known as Aqaba They came and invited Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam That why don't you come to Madinah Munawwarah, Come and settle down among us We will protect you We will support you And we will sacrifice for the deen of Islam It was the uncle of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Hazrat Abbas عنه, Who told them, Oh Ansar Do you know what you are inviting? Rasulullah sallallahu is the target of all the non-Muslims. If you take him to Medina, you will become the target of all the non-Muslims. Everybody will now be against you as well. But the Ansar said that whatever it is, we will protect you and defend you in Medina just as we are prepared to lay down our own lives to protect our own wives and our own children. That is what they had pledged to Rasulullah Now we come to the occasion of the Battle of Badr. The Battle of Badr, when Rasulullah set out with the Sahaba, they did not set out for war. They went out to intercept the trade caravan of the Quraysh, which was laden with wealth. When the Sahaba had to run away from Makkah and flee for their lives, the Muhajirin they had to leave all their money and everything behind. They left their businesses, their homes, their wealth, their assets, their livestock, everything. They were wealthy yesterday, now they came to Medina Munawara Allah Ta'ala refers to them in the Qur'an Majid saying, Lil Fukara il Muhajirīn." They now became fuqara. That same money they left behind, the Quraysh were using that same money now to persecute the Muslims. This was now the ideal opportunity for the Muslims to recoup and recover some of their losses. They said, "Let us intercept that trade caravan, and we can get something for the Trintan Islam." That is why they set out with so few people. They hardly had any weapons or any armor with them. But when the Quraysh learnt about this, they came with their army of a thousand strong. Sahaba did not go out for a battle or for war, but now they are confronted with battle. Now we can imagine if a person went out expecting one thing and suddenly is confronted with an army of a thousand people armed to the teeth. He'll say, I didn't come out for this. Now what's going to happen? So Rasulullah held a mashwara. He consulted with the Sahaba anhum to ascertain what were their sentiments, to determine what was the feeling in their hearts. So, one Sahabi from the Muhajireen stood up and said, O oh Rasul of Allah, we must fight. And another Sahabi from the Muhajireen stood up and said, O oh Rasul of Allah, we must fight. But Rasulullah continued to ask because he wanted to know what is in the hearts of the Ansar. Because the pledge the Ansar had made was what? So long as you are in Medina, we will fight with you. They were no longer in Medina, they were out of Medina. They were not bound by any pledge or agreement to fight here will they still fight or will they say we have no agreement to fight no obligation we want to go home so the Ansar realized that Rasulullah was asking for mashwara, but he was asking the Ansar that was one Miqdad Hazrat Miqdad bin Aswad radiallahu, stood up and he tells Rasulullah that O oh, Rasul of Allah وسلم, we will not respond to you we will not respond to you like how the Banu Israel had responded to Nabi Musa when Nabi Musa made tashkil and told Banu Israel come let us go and fight what did they say? You and your Allah must go fight We are staying here we are not going anywhere Rather he said shimalik wa amamak wa khalfak." O Rasul of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, we will be there with you 100% of the way. We will fight on your right, we will fight on your left, we will fight in front of you, we will fight behind you. There are different riwayat which explain the words of the Ansar, where they showed Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam their faithfulness. They told Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that, O Rasul of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Whoever you tell us we must fight, we will fight them. If you tell us this is our enemies, these are our enemies. If you say this is our friend, this is our friend. If you tell us jump into the ocean, we'll jump into the ocean also. Meaning whatever you want, whatever Allah wants, that is my life. Not what I want. Now The Mufassirin mentioned, Allah Ta'ala mentions, قَالُوا سَمِعْنَا وَأَطَعْنَا At the end of Surah Baqarah. One hikmat behind this. Surah Baqarah contains so many injunctions of deen. The laws of talaq, the laws of nikah, the laws of riba. يسألونك الخمر فإن لم The laws of and umrah So many laws of deen are mentioned. When all these laws of deen come, what should be our reaction? After reading all these laws of Deen in Surah Baqarah we come to the end, Sami'na wa Any law of Islam, and any law of Deen comes to us, our spontaneous reaction must be Samina wa ta'ana. this is what you want from me, then I'm ready. Then Allah Ta'ala tells us, La you nafsan illa wusaha. Allah Ta'ala has not obligated any person with any law or injunction of Deen which is beyond a person's capability. Every law of deen, every law of Islam is perfectly within a person's volition and a person's control. We find Allah Ta'ala is so merciful, Allah Ta'ala is so kind. If a person is unable to perform salah while standing, Allah Ta'ala says no problem, you can perform salah while sitting. If a person cannot perform salah while sitting, then there is rukhsat from the side of sharia, a person can lie down and perform salah. If a person is unconscious, when he wakes up, he can perform the salah. If he is unconscious for a prolonged period of time, more than 24 hours, then the salah becomes maf also. When a person is on safar, فَلَيْسَ عَلَيْكُمْ جُنَاحٌ أَن تَقْصُرُوا مِنَ الصَّلَاةِ The four rakats become two rakats. Our deen is already easy. Every law of deen is completely easy, completely perfect and completely natural. A person cannot complain and say deen is too hard. And no, I cannot manage this. When Allah Ta'ala says, Tell the believers they must lower their gaze. Don't look at haram. Whether there is a woman in front of us, whether there is some haram on the cell phone. A person can't say, I can't control myself, I can't help myself. For us to say that Naudhu billah is as if to say, Allah Ta'ala telling me, do something I can't do. This is zulam from Allah. When Allah Ta'ala says, riba is haram now a person cannot say that in this day and age to do business without getting involved in interest is impossible for us to say that na'udhu billah is as if to say that the deen of Islam is incomplete for us to say there's a problem with Islam for us to say na'udhu billah the sharia of Rasulullah sallallahu is faulty if Allah Ta'ala has told us that this is haram it means it is completely possible and completely perfect for us not to get involved in it. It is our obligation to make sure that we do things the correct way. Allah Ta'ala tells us la hama kasabat In your favor is what you earn and against you also is what you earn. In Another verse Allah Ta'ala says in ahsantum, ahsantum li anfusikum. If you do good it is for your benefit. وَإِنَّ سَأْتُمْ فَلَهَا أَيْفَ <عَلَيْهَا> If you do evil, you will suffer the consequences. In other words, a person must not become ghafil and forgetful of the akhirat. We are looking at ajil, we are forgetting what is ajil. A person looks, I can make a quick buck now. My business can expand, I can make profit. He's forgetting what awaits him in the next life. We are looking at what we can get now. We are forgetting that there is a Nubia day. We will stand before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We will have to account for everything. Then Allah ta'ala concludes surah Baqarah with a special dua which every person should try to make. Rabbana la in nasina And in this dua Allah ta'ala tells us Rabbana wala tahmil isran kama hamaltahu min qablina. O oh Allah do not place upon us such burdens which you placed upon the people who came before us. What are these burdens that Allah Ta'ala placed upon the ummahs before, before us? The Mufassirin give two explanations in this regard. Some Mufassirin explain that the laws of our shariat are very very easy. And the laws of the shariats of the past were very difficult for certain shariats. That is why if you look in some shariats, Allah Ta'ala made the law that if najasat fell on a person's clothing... Then the only way to purify that Was to cut out that piece of clothing And throw it away In our Shariat Allah has made it so easy A person can wash his clothing And clean it in this manner And continue using the same clothing In some of the previous Shariats If a person committed a sin Then the Tawbah for that sin Was to cut off that limb That had committed the sin And in our Shariat It is so easy Allah will forgive every sin Besides the sin of shirk, provided a person turns to Allah Ta'ala and cries sincere tears of Tawbah. And he's sincere in his repentance to Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala. And then Allah Ta'ala concludes the surah with the most beautiful du'a. Wafu Anna, That O oh Allah, pardon us. وَغْفِرْ O oh Allah, forgive us our sins. وَرْحَمْنَا O oh Allah, shower your mercy upon us. Anta mawlana O oh Allah, you are our guardian and our helper. Fansurna ala al kafirin. Allah, you assist us and you help us against the disbelievers. So, with the grace and father of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what we briefly discussed was these last two verses of Surah Baqarah. Amanar Rasulu bima unzila ilayhi min Rabbi wal until the end. It was the instruction of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that every one of us should memorize it and teach it to our wives and children as well. Before going to bed every night, we must ensure that we recite it. If we recite it, Allah Ta'ala will give us very great reward and we'll get protection from all types of evil as well. And we should try and make this dua as well. وَعَفُوا عَنَّا وَخْفِرْ Warhamna وَرْحَمْنَا أَنْتَ al فَانْصُرْنَا لَلْقَوْمِ Allah Ta'ala grant us all tawfeeq وَاخْرُدْ عَوَانَا لِلْحَمْدِ اللَّهِ رَبِّ